I do appreciate you being here today. Um, I enjoy the seasons and a little bit of change. Sometimes uh, in South Alabama, there wasn't much of a change in season, so we enjoy it. But I will say, I think our dog needs therapy. Um, it, it doesn't know how to handle this ice and snow. Uh, last week, it was high-stepping and kind of looked at me like, what are you doing to me? And this morning, it was doing the same thing, like high-stepping in the in the ice. So if y'all know a place that does dog therapy, we may... We may need it, uh, but maybe she'll get over that. Um, today we're going to dive into a topic, um, and, and really it hasn't been studied a, a whole lot in our brotherhood a lot of times, and uh, so I ask that we have an open mind today, um, and we have to be careful what the Bible does say and what the Bible doesn't say on this topic. And uh, we also need to know that uh, the, this passage is teaching some principles here that go beyond just the topic. Um, and so uh, he's talking about partiality and not showing partiality. And so that is the overriding topic that we need to uh, gather in and, and keep in mind. Uh, but I do want us to dive into... Um, a little bit more uh, what the Bible does say about uh, dress um, as we come together. Also, later in James 2, we look at the topic of faith and works, and that's also uh, one that can uh, be uh, controversial, if, if you will. But I think um, James does a good job in helping us understand this passage, and so I also hope that we will keep an open mind as we go through that. Before we dive in, let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, as we come to you, we thank you uh, for allowing us to be here together. Our minds are with those that could not uh, be here with us. Uh, we especially are mindful of those that are sick and uh, those that are in the hospital and those that are bound at home, and we ask that you be with them. Dear Father, we ask that you help us as we stay uh, James 2 today and, and how we can improve our lives. Help us to have an open mind on uh, what your word says. And it's through your son saying that we pray. Amen. Last week uh, we talked a little bit uh, just as we got into this. Just a reminder that we talked about um, to describe the church buildings during this time um, uh, when it was written. And we discussed that they met in homes, and so um, this was um, an important topic because there would be better places to sit uh, in in those homes. Matter of fact, if you could sit in a chair, not on the floor, you you probably were sitting in a better place. Um, and it may even be that um, you know it's interesting. James wrote this. And we talked about as we started the book of James that the congregation used to meet in his home in Acts. So as he's writing this, it's interesting just to think and keep in the back of his, in the back of our minds that these are people that more than likely used to meet in his home. And so he's writing this because they're scattered abroad now and they're meeting in other homes. And so he's telling them, uh, to, uh, not show partiality 
um, as uh, they come into uh, the assemblies and meet in their homes. Um, and, and we ask uh, the question, uh, does this problem still occur today? And while the, the problem of prioritizing seating in worship may not be an issue here at uh, Lehman, the overall principle that's taught here is one that is a struggle in uh, today's time. And so uh, let's dive in and let's read uh, what the verses say here in James uh, 2, 1 through 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the man, uh, to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are the poor in the, the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are condemned. Uh, convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has been accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So we got to the point last week where uh, I believe one of the last questions we asked was, uh, does this problem, and that is the problem of showing partiality, does it still occur today? And probably a better question uh, for interaction would be uh, to say, well, what different areas might be uh, we might be tempted to show partiality um, in today, in just in general? Okay, we might show partiality to government officials, and that could be showing favoritism or disdain for them. <laughs> Both sides of that. All right. What else? On the job, uh, in what way? Okay. All right. We might show favoritism uh, to uh, different people based on their performance. Okay. What else? Okay. Think people that think differently uh, than we do. Okay. Uh, showing favoritism uh, toward a preacher. Hiram, I believe, uh, touched on this topic quite a bit last week in his lesson, and there's other ways. We might be tempted to show favoritism to, uh, by the 
color of someone's skin, by their nationality. Um, that was done here in the early church, whether they were Jew or Greek. Um, in this case, uh, there might be favoritism shown by those, you know, they were scattered abroad, but it might be natural for them to bond uh, together with those that they knew better, uh, those that were in the same spot as them, those that came from Jerusalem. Uh, they might show favoritism to those based on how long they have been a Christian. Some were new converts, some were not. Here deals specifically with those that are rich and, and poor. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways that we could show partiality. This passage is talking about uh, not showing partiality at all. So we realize that there are different ways uh, or reasons to show favoritism. And if we put in context the, the concept of uh, this passage, um, you see where verse 3 is, is uh, literally what could happen and what would happen. If it were crowded, there is going to be somebody that had to say, you sit here, and there had to be some by that had to stand over there and there had to be somebody that might sit here at my feet because there might be um, it might be limited room uh, there and so uh, his uh, emphasis is to not show in favoritism based on uh, what they wore uh, to the assemblies now the question comes up Sometimes, uh, what, uh, let's see, what should we wear uh, to the assemblies? And so, I hope you did a little homework and did some digging into the uh, New Testament and um, what the Bible uh, teaches about what we should wear uh, to the assemblies. Um, before we dive into uh, some of these, and we'll try to cover some of them, and, and this is not a totally exhaustive list, uh, but I, I will say there's some principles taught um, that we need to uh, take, take a look at. But from James 2, first of all, he says, he describes uh, people coming into assemblies and what was... From James 2 here, what was worn into the assemblies? Okay, somebody might wear fine clothes, but also, okay, somebody might wear shabby clothes. Now, which one did James condemn here? Neither. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he did not condemn either. So his point here was not to focus on what somebody wears, however it was to focus on making distinctions or showing partiality based on what somebody did wear. So if we look at what the, this passage teaches and what it doesn't teach as far as this passage, and we'll look at some others, but as far as this passage, what it is saying is that people wore both types of clothes into the assembly. Okay, some may wear shabby clothing, and some may wear fine clothing. Now, he does 
talk about who wears fine clothing and who wears shabby clothing in there. But James's point here is to not show distinction between uh, the two. So he is not emphasizing what this passage is not necessarily teaching uh, what should be worn into the assembly. So let's look at a few other passages and and certainly, uh, if you will, just bear with me as we kind of skim through some of these passages. And if you have other passages that you'd like to mention, um, we'll certainly take a look at those. So just as a reminder, in John chapter 4, when Jesus was staying with the woman at the well, um, he he told her, um, uh, what did he say uh, would be done about Christians, basically, as they assemble it? How would they worship? And they will worship in spirit and truth. And so his focus at that time was not necessarily on uh, the external, but his focus in that passage is, was more on the internal, on the actions and the attitude. Uh, there uh, in worship. And so uh, Hiram even touched on that a little bit this morning um, in his uh, thoughts, and I wrote it down, a past, uh, sentence they said, that we'll know, be known by our deeds and disposition. And again, we didn't get together on on the passage, but that lines up with faith and works in the second part of James 2 uh, here. And so as we look at James, that's what he's uh, talking a little bit about is our disposition, our attitude toward others. And so as we uh, turn, let's, if you will, just turn with me um, through some of these passages and we'll kind of go through them uh, quickly. Because again, this passage is not necessarily focusing on what to wear in, in services. However, this is a topic that we don't talk about a lot. And I feel like it's worth uh, doing so. In Matthew chapter 6, we're told, uh, Jesus uh, said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will, will put on. Is life not more than food or in the body more than clothing? Now again, we can focus on what Jesus is saying and what he's not saying here. He's not saying to not worry about what you wear. I, I'm sorry. He is saying not to worry about what you wear. But is he saying that we shouldn't wear anything or we shouldn't think about what we uh, should wear? Well, if you turn that around look at food, yes, we have to have food to uh, survive. So he's not saying to not put any thought. But he's, what he is saying here is to not worry about that. Not put too much thought, too much concern. Don't let that consume you of what you're going to eat, um, what you're uh, going to wear. So let's keep turning in Matthew. In Matthew 22, in verse 12, we have Jesus telling this parable of the wedding feast. And in the middle of that parable... Uh, he's talking about this king describing a wedding. And he says in verse 12, and he said to him, friend, how'd you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And 
his thought here was on preparation. And his uh, focus was on being prepared. And here was somebody coming to a wedding without a wedding garment. And so there was, there was a proper dress, if you will, for a wedding. Now, uh, the question might be, uh, what's the proper dress for, for worship or for assemblies? Is it the same as for a wedding? Um, that's not the focus of Jesus here. But the question might be, what do you wear to a wedding? Uh, here in the early uh, early days, it was taught to... Apparently, there was a wedding dress, a wearing uh, wedding apparel. And most of the time, when people go to a wedding, they wear the best they could wear. And so, do we see many people here wearing wedding dresses and formal attire or tuxedos? Um, no, that's not uh, the focus. And... Uh, that is not described in, in the New Testament here. And so we have to be careful what we say and what we don't say. There are some that have taught that uh, you should wear the absolute best you can wear. Um, let's keep looking and see if that's taught here in, in the New Testament. All right, Matthew 23, 27 and 28. Jesus, again, is teaching here. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which appear outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And we can look at here, what is Jesus talking about? What is he not talking about? Jesus here is focusing on what? Uh, is the, uh, what's his focus here in this passage? The heart. The heart. What's on the inside? Um, so is he condemning necessarily what is on the outside? No, he's not condemning that. He's just saying, be careful that you don't appear on the outside and focus more on the outside and forget what's on the inside. So is Jesus condemning what you wear on the outside? Is he condemning what uh, they would wear? No, he's saying that they focus more on that than what was on uh, the inside. So we have to be careful of uh, what is said and what's not said. So look at Matthew 33. Pardon me. There is no Matthew 33. So I guess it must be. Where, where it is. is it verse 33? Hmm. Boy. Ah, 23. 23 verse 5. That's a typo there. 23 uh, 5. So again, Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees. And he says, they do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their flatteries broad and their fringes long. So he, he was saying that they were dressing in such a way to attract attention. In other words, they were going overboard in their, in their outside uh, dress. And so he was uh, condemning uh, that of going overboard. 
In other words, could someone come into the assemblies and be overboard? Uh, that, that could be done with the wrong attitude uh, to, uh, to be seen by men. And that, the idea of being seen is what Jesus is uh, condemning there. Mark 12. Mark 12, verse 38, is similar. This time he's talking to the scribes. So uh, a little different group. But in his teaching, in Mark 12, verse 38, in his teaching he said, Beware the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplace. And have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honors at feet at feasts. So, <clears throat> was he necessarily condemning what they wore? Uh, what was he condemning more there? Why they wore it and the reason uh, why they wore it. And it was because they wanted to have prominence and have the best had the best seats, be seen in the synagogues, in the places. And so they, their attitude was what they were look, looking like and how they were seen. That was the attitude he was condemning. So let's dive in. Uh, that's a little bit of um, Jesus' teaching. Um, let's turn over to Romans 12. And let's... There's some in Romans here, and, and we could dive in a little bit more into this, but Paul does talk um, more about our attitudes. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what what is Paul talking about here? It's about the transformation that happens when we become a Christian. Um, and, he's, and he's talking about that. But there are implications um, here as far as how we present ourselves, yes, right, and and so I think just being real, our our tendency is to still be the same. I think James is a book written to us that our tendency is to look more on the outside than the inside. Now. What we have to be careful is what what we're jumping to conclusions and and condemning or or binding um, or encouraging. Um, here in Romans 12, he's talking about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Again, uh, the Old Testament had physical sacrifices where they had to offer animals and those kind of things. And he's saying to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, they had to be without blemish. And so here we have to look at how we present ourselves. Here the emphasis here is being holy and acceptable uh, to God. And so there is this attitude 
that is talked about here in Romans 12. Now, this passage isn't specifically talking about worship services. It's talking about a principle of life. And our attitude should be um, that we should be holy and acceptable to God. Now, is to be Christ-like. And what we mean by that is not necessarily what Christ wore, but the inside. However, there is a principle here laid out about how we should present ourselves. Um, So there is a principle of being holy and acceptable. So the, the thought would be, okay, even on our dress, should it be holy and acceptable? Um, I think it is. I think there is a dress. Now, the emphasis of the passage is on our lives and on our inside. But it, there is the concept of our dress should also be holy and acceptable. Okay? I saw several hands. Right? I saw another hand. I agree. Let's keep uh, digging here. Uh, Romans 13, right? Uh, the next passage right there. Um, Romans 13, 13, verses 13 and 14. The passage is, let's walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desire. So the the word here for put on is just like you're putting on clothes. Uh, we're, we're encouraged to put on Jesus Christ. Um, and that that's an attitude mainly reflective of the inside, but what's on the out, inside is also reflective of what's on the outside. It's how we how we carry ourselves as well. Romans chapter 14, uh, we're not going to read the whole passage here, but verses 1 and 10, as you follow uh, his thought here, uh, just a few of those verses, uh, verse 4, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or fall, falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Another verse 10, why do you pass judgment on your brother or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Again, why am I bringing this up? Because James brings it up in this passage about not passing uh, judgment and how we have judgment on each other. Um, we're, we're told to have mercy uh, here in James uh, chapter 2. First Corinthians. We'll keep moving kind of quickly through these. First um, Corinthians chapter six, verses nine, nineteen and twenty. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you're bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So again, this thought is more on the inside to glorify God in your body, but it also would be an attitude that should be reflected on the outside. So our outside should also glorify uh, 
God in the body. Again, the emphasis, like was stated, the emphasis is more on the inside. But that also should be reflected um, on the outside. Chapter 9, we're not going to uh, dive into it, but uh, verses 20 through 22, Paul talks a little bit about uh, being all things to all people. And he um, he looked at the context of who he was around and the people he was around and tried to be all things. I feel like that meant dress and even how he acted around them. Uh, he wanted them to be comfortable. The thought would also carry over uh, when we talk about our services uh, to make people feel comfortable um, in in those services, we <clears throat> when I was in Mobile, we had. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'm not trying to draw judgments here on, uh, but we were trying to help a congregation work through an issue. There was an inner city congregation that its uh, preacher had passed away, and they were struggling to find a preacher, and they really couldn't afford to have a preacher. However, this group of people didn't want to meet with another congregation in town or even the congregation where we attended because of the dress. The congregation was mainly made up of poor people. And there was another congregation in same proximity as them but everybody who dressed there at that congregation dressed to the nines every every time they walked in. And so there were this group of people that wanted to keep meeting where they were meeting, really couldn't afford to keep meeting there, but it was all this there was this dilemma of their people didn't feel comfortable attending another congregation because they felt like they weren't good enough to attend another congregation. So it it was this difficulty we were trying to help them work through. And it's it's a tough conversation. It's a tough conversation um, uh, to to help them uh, work through that. I really believe Paul was discussing this in, in 1 Corinthians 9, not necessarily dress, but he was becoming all things uh, to all people in, in that concept. Same thing, 1 Corinthians 11. Um, and we're not going to dive into that, but I left the passage for you. It's talking about coverings on men and women when they're praying or prophesying um, um, there, and I encourage you to read that. Another passage we're not going to dive into, but Galatians 3, verse 27, talks about putting on Christ. And it's another passage that has this idea of just like we get dressed, we put on uh, Christ. Let's turn to uh, the passage that was mentioned a minute ago, 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10. Again, this is not necessarily in worship, talking about in worship, but more of a life principle. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, 
not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for for uh, women who profess godliness with good works. So again, the emphasis here is to be modest and respectable on the outside, but also the emphasis is what's on the inside. And so that that's the emphasis here in that passage. Another one, um, first similar passage to this one is First Peter three three and four, and it it's an encouragement to uh, women to not be so concerned about what's outside, but the hidden person of the heart on the inside. Another passage that's not referenced a whole lot is Revelation 19. Let's turn over there. And again, it's not necessarily an emphasis of what is worn to the assemblies, but notice Revelation 19, 6 through 8. And this is a description, a concept of, of heaven and what's going to happen there. In verse 7, it's, uh, less rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was grand her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. So the idea is the Lamb here and who's the Lamb in the passage? The church. Okay. And so the bride, uh, the church has made herself ready. It's grand to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, but no sin to the verse. For the fine linen is what? The righteous deeds of the saints. And so the emphasis here is not necessarily on the exterior, but on the righteous deeds of the saints. So let's turn back to James 2 for just a second. And if you look at the whole concept here of what's being said in James 2, he goes into, in verses 14 through 26, this discourse on faith and works. So the reason why I bring up the Revelation passage is, is the same concept here. The, the emphasis is on our deeds, on the works. So, again, kind of coming full circle, what do we wear to the assemblies? This passage is not emphasizing exactly what is worn. So all these passages combined, we know that the priests went overkill and, and Jesus condemned that. But there is a mindset when we come to worship. That mindset is, is emphasized on the inside but it's also reflected on the outside. Um, I think there's other passages like uh, the one that we looked at when we partake, took of the Lord's Supper today. about, and, and then afterwards we looked at giving and there's this concept of purposing. And so the concept is to prepare our minds, to prepare to give. That would also be reflected in, in our dress uh, to to, to do that, but in James, we're also told that, that there's people who wear uh, fine clothes to the assemblies, but there's also people that wore shabby clothes, and if we really dig in, there's not a condemnation there 
of either one. Of either one. Now, are there other passages? Right. I had one person, I won't call him out, but he said, you know, I had to uh, watch what I wear because I had to walk through a bunch of mud today uh, to come to uh, the services. You know, so you don't know somebody's uh, situation. They might have to walk through the mud to come here. So are they going to wear a tuxedo to walk, walk through the, the mud? Are they going to wear white pants? I'm, I'm probably stupid if I wear white pants uh, to services uh, anyways because I'm liable to spill something all, all over. Um, so I guess, I guess the point is, what is worn here? There's actually both worn. There is the emphasis on our mindset. But what is condemned here is what? Not drawing distinctions based on what somebody wears. That's what's condemned. Not showing favoritism based on what somebody says. Now, are we under subjection of the elders and, and encouragement on those things? Yes. We're, we're under uh, subjection of what uh, the elders would encourage us here. Uh, but uh, what we're not allowed to do, according to James, is draw a distinction or show partiality based on what somebody wears. Other thoughts on this? Yes. I, I agree. So, um, uh, last point here. I heard another comment. Okay. Um, last point here is the, ta- the thought of judgment and mercy. We're encouraged in verses 12 and 3, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. This law of liberty is something that's mentioned again, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 25. Um, and when we're talking about looking at ourselves and looking in the mirror and turn, turn away, forgetting what we said, uh, verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So the, the emphasis is, like um, Hiram talked about this morning, is that we all need to understand where we're coming from. We're all judged under the law of liberty. And we have to be careful how we draw distinctions and judge other people based on what they wear and what they do. That's what's being condemned here, is not being ju- how we judge other people and how we... Judging and showing partiality go hand in hand. How we look at someone means how we're drawing those lines and judging someone. Um, you know, same thing goes with what somebody drives. Um, you know, Sam Walton was one of the, at, in his time, one of the richest um, men in, in uh, America. Uh, but he drove the same Ford truck every, every day. Uh, beat up truck, but there could be somebody who rides up in a limo and it's not theirs. It, they rented it, um, or someone that's uh, driving something else and they're paying through their teeth and paying every dime they owe, or upside down in it. That's right. Um, and 
I'm not trying to judge or put my um, emphasis on somebody else, but in Mobile, when I served as elder, I, after I met with some people that felt ashamed on what they wore to services, I, I stopped wearing a tie to services. I'm not trying to encourage anybody else. I do wear a tie. I, I wear a tie pretty good bit outside of out, uh, in my work, and so I'm not afraid to wear a tie. But I also didn't want somebody to feel bad about not wearing a tie to services, and I did find that when I didn't wear a tie, people felt more comfortable talking uh, to me, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want judging. Now, there was a fellow elder that he wore a tie every time. That's okay. I'm not saying he's wrong. What is James talking about? It's not drawing distinction based on what was uh, being worn there. And so that's what we have to be careful with. These are tough subjects. In a lot of it, we have to look at, okay, how much is our tradition and how much is really what the Bible says here. Uh, Traditionally, our culture here in the United States is to dress up to go to church. I dress up to come to services. Um, But when we really dive in, look at the verses, what James is talking about here and what he's condemning is not drawing distinction. Um, Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father, um, I hope that our study today has been pleasing to you, that I haven't offended someone with um, what I've said Dear Father, most of all, help us to look at your word and desire uh, to study it and to really dig in and to find what you want us to know. Uh, Dear Father, help us to keep studying, keep learning, and keep growing each and every day. More importantly, help us to leave here being people that are living the way you want us to live. And it's through your son's name that we pray. Amen.